Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Thank you for joining us. Today, Sophia Frankston, who was a student missionary in the Taikarai Project, will share with us two stories of how prayer made an impact in her faith with God while she was in the mission field. My name is Sophia Frankston, and I served as a student missionary from 2018 to 2019 on the Taikadai Project in Southeast Asia. Today, I'm going to be telling you a story from that time, and I've titled this story, The Broken Phone. It was the start of a new term, and I had just finished teaching classes for the day, when one of my friends, a former student of mine who had moved up to the next class, came to visit me in my classroom. I'll call her Mina. She talked about her new class and how hard it was and about the trip south she was planning with friends for the weekend a few days away. Then Mina complained about how she would not be able to take any pictures on their wonderful trip. Why not? I asked. Oh, my phone is broken, she explained. The screen is black. I plugged it into charge and left it there all day, but it won't turn on. That doesn't sound good, I sympathized. I guess you'll have to get a new one. I can't. I don't have money for a new phone, Mina sighed. I knew this was true. Mina was a student at our school who needed some scholarships just to attend. She would not have had money for a new phone. So I said, well then, I'll pray for your phone to work again. The words were out of my mouth almost before I knew that I was going to say them. Certainly, if I had taken the time to think them through, I wouldn't have said anything. Pray for a phone? It's a phone. This isn't all that important. But now I was stuck. Mina had been coming regularly to our meetings on Friday evenings and Sabbath mornings, and she was learning about God. She had heard stories from the Bible about God answering prayers and performing miracles. So when I mentioned that I was going to pray for Mina's phone, she got excited. So that night, as I was praying, I dutifully asked God to fix Mina's phone. God, Mina's phone doesn't work, and she doesn't have the money to buy a new one. Please fix her phone if it is your will. Thank you. It felt awkward, it felt a bit silly, but I tried to have faith. I knew God certainly could do what I asked, but whether he would or not was another matter to me. After all, it wasn't as though Mina couldn't live without her phone. The next day, when I saw Mina again, I asked her about her phone. It was still broken. Okay, I will keep praying, I promised, but my heart sank a little. Over the next few days, I kept remembering Mina's phone in my prayers. It still felt awkward. Every day after class, when I would see Mina, I would ask about her phone. And every day, the answer was the same. No, teacher. It still doesn't work. I worried that I'd made a mistake in saying anything to her. What if it wasn't God's will to fix her phone? It certainly seemed like it wasn't. How would she react? Mina was pretty new to our group and knew very little about God, but she seemed so eager to learn. This wasn't the first time she and I had talked about prayer, but I had no idea how to explain the concept of God saying no to her. What if she got the idea that God was just like the idols that her family prayed to? 
deaf, dumb, and unable to do anything. Or worse, that God was just like the spirits who demand special favors and then play cruel tricks. I wrestled with this all the way through until Thursday night, the night before Mina and her friends were planning to take their trip. At this point, I'd been praying for a few days, and I wondered how long I should continue praying before giving up. Then, all at once, I found myself doing what I should have done from the beginning, talking to God about the whole problem. It went something like this. Lord, I want so badly for Mina to come to know you. You know I feel silly asking you to fix something so small as a phone, and I don't know what your will is here, but I do know that you love Mina. It isn't about her phone, not really. It's just that I want her to know not only that you have the power to do miracles, but that you care about the little things in her life, even if it's a small thing like having a working phone to take on a trip with friends. Lord, I trust that you want what's best for Mina's life. If it is your will, and there is a way you could fix her phone so that she would know it was you who did it, please do it. And please strengthen my own faith too. In Jesus' name, amen. The weekend was full of our usual meetings and ministries, as well as squeezing in time to prepare for the new week of classes. I completely forgot about Mina's phone. Then, Monday night, after class, we went out to eat with our students. Mina and I were sitting by each other, and I asked how the trip went. Oh, teacher, it was wonderful. Let me show you. Mina pulled out her phone and began showing me the wonderful pictures she'd taken. It took me a second to realize the significance of what I was seeing. Joy and excitement thrilled through me. Mina, your phone, I exclaimed. It works now? She laughed. Oh, yes, I forgot to tell you. It just started working. I'm very happy. It works now. When did it start working? I asked. On Thursday evening, she replied. Why? I could hardly believe my ears. Mina, I was praying for your phone on Thursday evening. God answered my prayer. I'll probably never know for sure until heaven why God chose to wait until that Thursday evening to answer my prayer. But I suspect that God knew that it was more than just Mina who had something to learn about his loving kindness. Big or small, God cares and wants exactly what is best for his children. The Taikadai are Buddhist, but they are also heavily influenced by animism. They believe in guardian spirits and locality spirits which are identified with different levels of society. They believe that one must please these spirits to avoid curses and receive blessings. They currently do not have any portion of the Bible translated into their language, so Adventist Frontier Mission sends out missionaries to reach the people in creative ways by explaining the Bible to them in a way that they could understand. Prayer has always been a key factor for the missionaries as they serve among the unreached. They are only servants of God called to serve and are guided by the Holy Spirit to do His will. Here is the second story of faith and prayer that played a big role where the Holy Spirit guided Sophia to pray for safety. Today's story is titled The Accident. And I chose this story because I feel that it is an amazing reminder of how God takes care of us even when we don't realize we need it. 
It was a sunny Friday afternoon in January, and two of my co-workers, Esther and Tessa, and I felt like celebrating the end of the first half week of classes after Christmas break. We decided to bike down the street to our favorite pizza parlor for a late lunch. Traffic in Southeast Asia can be a little scary on the best of days, so usually, before any of us venture out onto the street, we pray for God to keep us safe on our journey. However, this time we did not stop for prayer as a group. I prayed silently instead for God to keep me safe as we navigated out of our gate. I was confident that my coworkers were doing the same. It was nearly 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so the traffic was heavier than we usually encountered on our morning market runs and evening excursions to the night market. People were getting out of school for the afternoon or going back to work after a long lunch break. The streets were full of cars and motorbikes. The pizza parlor wasn't far away, less than 10 minutes on a bike, and we were nearly to our destination when I felt a niggling urge to pray again for safety. I felt a little silly praying again, as though my earlier prayer wasn't enough. But then I was reminded that I had previously only prayed for myself, not for the group. Of course, I could not close my eyes, but I prayed nevertheless, God, please send your angels to keep us safe as we travel today. I don't remember my exact words, but that was the gist. I felt much better. About a minute later, I caught sight of the sign for the pizza place on the other side of the road from us. Tessa, who was biking ahead of me, had a clear path and crossed the road easily. I could hear a lot of traffic behind me, so I slowed down and stopped to wait for it to clear enough for me to cross the street. Esther was several seconds behind me. As the cars and motorbikes between us whizzed by, I calculated that it would be safe to cross as soon as the next two motorbikes passed. One in front of Esther, and the other behind her. The first motorbike flashed by. I put my foot on my pedal, ready to cross the road as soon as the way was clear. At that moment, Esther began to cross the street in front of the motorbike. I waited expectantly for the motorbike to apply the brakes and slow down enough for Esther to pass. Instead, I saw a panicked look spread across the young driver's face. Now from this moment on, my memory of the event slows nearly to frame by frame. I remember the indecisive wiggle of the motorbike's front tire as the young man debated which way to turn. Then he swerved across the street toward the pizza parlor, his bike tilting slowly, almost gracefully, toward the ground as it skidded across the pavement towards Esther who was still blissfully unaware of the danger. I remember hoping that she would have enough time to get out of the way before the motorbike reached her, but then the realization hit me. They're going to collide. In horror, I watched them meet wheel to wheel, now facing the same direction. The motorbike, at a 45-degree angle to the ground, acted as an efficient wedge to separate Esther's bicycle tires from the earth and scoop it up and her on top of itself in an explosion of glass from the motorbike's mirrors. While the world was still moving with incredible slowness, my brain hopped rapidly from worry to worry. Her leg will be caught between the bike and the motorbike. No, her legs were straight out behind her. How did that happen? 
Oh, she's gonna get whiplash or pavement burn. My, but she's taking an awfully long time to fall. She's gonna break something when she hits the pavement. She'll hit her head for sure. It's a good thing she's wearing her helmet. But oh, how convenient. She fell right on top of the motorbike driver. While the crash actually happened rather quickly, I remember marveling at how slowly Esther fell from her bike, over the motorbike and onto the back of the driver, who looked for all the world as though he'd laden down in the middle of the street to take a nap. For what felt like several seconds after the crash, everything seemed to stand completely still. All of us bystanders stood frozen, waiting for life to return to normal speed. Then, as quickly as it happened, it was over. Esther and the driver got up and hauled their bikes from the side of the road across the street to where Tessa was standing. The other bystanders lost interest and went on about their day. I crossed the road quickly before traffic got started again and went to see what the damage was. Neither Esther nor the motorbike driver were badly hurt. A scrape here, a bruise there, but nothing broken, nothing missing. The only casualties of the day were the motorbike's rear-view mirrors. After inquiring whether Esther was hurt, the driver got on his motorbike and left, which was a minor miracle, because that's not usually how things happen in Southeast Asia. We realized later that Esther's glasses hadn't even fallen off. Oh, what joy we felt that Esther was not hurt. What praises ascended to God that he had protected us from harm and how jittery and shaky we all felt. We now enjoyed our doubly celebratory meal and took an extra long time to get home, going to visit a friend along the way to patch up Esther's scrapes and bruises. What could have been a terrible tragedy ended with the three of us giving heartfelt thanks to God, our creator and protector, who sent his angels to shield not only Esther, but the motorbike driver as well. The Lord does answer prayer and he looks after his children. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. Join us again next time for more inspiring adventures from our missionaries as they reach the unreached.